Yo. You, you, you are now listening to the smoking section. Oh, yeah. Or you'll find hot topics. And fire conversations. Keep it locked. You hear me? I want to say thank you. I, I, oh, yeah, relax. So I want to say thank you for coming on, bro. Thank you for stepping into the smoking section. Um, I appreciate you, dude. I know I know we've had our time past and seen each other at sessions and stuff. Oh, yeah, uh, man. That's so to be able to like, kind of sit down and talk with you on a one-to-one level, is this is this is dope, bro. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me, bro. This was a long time coming, for sure, for sure. For sure, dude. And, and, and for people who don't know you, Please let them know who you are and kind of a little bit of your uh, a little bit about you know what you're doing from day to day, and then we'll go from there, bro. Well, for those who don't know me, I'm Cameron, uh, uh, DCX. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a dancer, um, advocate for, I'm an advocate in different ways. I'm a, I do, a, I'm a poet in many different ways, mm-hmm. counselor. A spiritual advisor, among many other things. I got my hands in just about everything. So there's nothing that I'm not necessarily not doing when it comes to being around folks and and helping folks and, you know what I'm saying, trying to help everybody, you know, get better to help them progress day by day. Mm-hmm. But a little, a little in deep as far as what we're getting ready to go into today. Um, uh, I mentioned to you that I suffer from something that's very much rare, but also nothing light or nothing small to play with. Al- among the many other health health issues that I've had and suffered through in the past, because I there's been there's been quite a few. Well, let's but, let's start off with uh, let's start off from the beginning, because I remember you were telling me. You know, before that we got on air, I remember you were telling me that, you know, it kind of started, some of your health issues started rather young, right? Uh, for me, it started back in high school, bro. I want to say roughly around, man, I want to say about 06, 07 at least. But I had I had already had the issue prior to because I had asthma coming up as a child. Okay. I tried to play sports with the other kids, you know what I'm saying, because I was playing baseball at a, at a young age. But it got to a point to where I wouldn't be able to keep up with any of the other kids like that. Okay. So later on, coming down the road in life, I discovered that I ended up coming upon an issue with my chest or whatever, and my chest cavity. Mm-hmm. Um. I found out at a young age or whatever, I didn't get hit or do anything like that. Nothing like that happened to me in that retrospect. But I found out that one side of my chest cavity wasn't symmetrical with the other. So none of it was even. The left side was fine, but the right side right here was depressed in. Okay. So so if you looked at it and you've seen it way back when, it became like a, how can I put this? It gave it like a cereal bowl look. Okay. Inside of there. Okay. Um, I eventually had to go in and have that fixed. Um, originally, the the insurance and the doctors weren't going to do it because they thought it was more of something cosmetic. But oh. yeah, the back then they weren't going to do it because they didn't know if it was going to be something that oh they just want him to fix because he's not going to look right or or something like that. No, oh. that was something that had to be taken care of. 
So ultimately they went in and fixed it. So what they did was they took a metal bar as round as a broomstick, say about chest cavity long, so about fat long, and bent, indented to where, again, this side is straight, This my right side was pushed in. So they had to bend it to where I had to go and have that, you know what I'm saying, try to push out and make it even. And I had to be stuck with that for a year. Well, they stuck a metal bar in your chest to try to correct the shape yes. of your chest cavity. Ugh. Yes. And how old were you when that happened? Uh, I was going through this, what, 15, 16. Oh, Jesus Christ. And how did that affect, like, going to school and stuff, dude? Well, it's funny you mentioned that because that leads into the, this part of the story. Um, when I was younger, going back going back through that, I had already had the surgery, so I thought I was fine. But come to find out, that wasn't necessarily the case as far as me being fine. I want to say I returned to school within two weeks after having the surgery thinking I was fine. But three days later, I had to be taken right back out. I was running fever, chest pains, and all things like that. Oof. So they, I got readmitted back into the hospital. Um, I want to say the night before I we discovered what was going on as far as why I got taken back out. The night before, I was just laying there minding my business. Mom, my aunt, my mom, my aunt, you know, they're in the room. They're, they're sitting here. We're all sitting here talking. Next thing I know, I start to feel something wet on the right side of my body or whatever, like under the gown, saying mm-hmm. right about here. Me, I'm not thinking nothing of it. I'm thinking it's just like, okay, you know, the IV line might have busted, you know, you know, the, the fluids or whatever. I'm not thinking anything of it. Come to find out, that wasn't the IV. I ended up getting a very nasty, nasty infection that grew on the right side on the right side of the scar right there. Ooh. And it opened up. And it, and it squirted out of there. So the very next day, I had to have emergency surgery to go and get that cleaned out. Mm. So as far as school and how it affected me, once I got all that done, I was pretty much homeschooled. But mm. the sad part was I didn't get a chance to walk in my original OD class, which I would have graduated in 2008. But because of all this, I couldn't do that. Mm. So the following year, I had to go. I had to go back and, and catch up on what I missed, but that didn't take that long because I only I was only there for like half the school year. So I what just the first half of the semester, the second half I didn't have to do anything like that unless I really wanted to. Yeah. However, though, you know, just going through that, it took a lot as far as it took taking the toll on me physically. Mm-hmm. Because Around about that same time frame, I want to say this is the third time or whatever, because obviously the second time didn't work. They tried to clean it out. They left the bar in. Yes, they left it in, which they should have took it out. That's just me, but they left it in there. Um, uh, wow. Man, man, man. They, they left it in there. I had to go back into it again. Nothing was being changed. Still having the fever, still having the chills, the body aches, the chest pains. Um, they took it out. 
ultimately they said, well, all that was going on. I had the fluid that I mentioned, pneumonia could have had, doctors didn't know if I had lupus at the same time of that. So I was pretty much getting hit every which way but loose through all of that. Dude, the stories just got me, like, I'm just blown. Like, just to hear, just even up to this point now, you know, asthma's enough for a lot of people, you know, and just to consider that all these other things you got going on is just boom, berated, boom, 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 boom. And so yeah, now, what is it like? How is it affecting? Well, I guess a good question is: is, is what are you doing now to help to help keep yourself going? And how is it affecting your dance, your dancing, and your dance career now? As far as the chest, as far as my of the chest is concerned, um, ironically, it helped me get back into it. Oh, really? It helped me get back into it. Um, originally. I was in a, before all this I came about, I was in, I was in a family originally, not any, just a small one, but no, no, everybody has stopped dancing, doing, doing all that. So pretty much everybody fell off. But since that, I was the only one still dancing. I haven't lost contact with everybody. I don't know what happened to them. So when everything was going on, ironically enough, because of the name, the name of the family or whatever, and that the name I have currently, considering I, I took it. You know, every, everything kind of came in line and it fit. As far as how it affected me today, it's not necessarily affected me today, more or less than what happened back in 17, which which we'll talk about in just a minute, of course. Um, the only thing I would say that mainly affects me with it right now, as far as this is concerned, honestly, there's nothing really that really affects it. It's just a matter. It's just a matter of me constantly dancing, continuing, keeping going, keeping going, keeping going, mm-hmm. and, and not giving my chance to sit down or let my body become complacent. That's what it ultimately boils down to. Because okay. if I know I do allow my body to go and get complacent and things like that, then you know that uh, that's where it's going to go end up going bad because. I just went for, I'll give you a two like this. I just went to physical therapy, I want to say, either yesterday or the day before yesterday. Mind you, I haven't done PT since I got out of the hospital all, the, all those years ago. So 2017 to now, about a good three to four years. I heard it, I started to hurt in places that I didn't even think I could hurt in like that all over again. And it's been, like I said, about three to four years since I've had to go in rehab and go back and do the PT again. So it's bringing all of that back as far as the aches and pains is concerned, combined with what I'm already dealing with. Mm-hmm. But from a today's standpoint, when it comes to this, I, honestly, no, nothing's bugging me as far as this is concerned. So I know, I know there was also the Gillian's disease that you had mentioned to me before as well. And I, I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. I, I tried to look into it, uh, but if you could explain explain not only to me but the people who are going to end up seeing this, like what is what is that exactly, right? Let's kind of like let's walk through that a little bit because, I mean, bro, your story your story. I mean, meeting you is one thing, right? And meeting you and you're just you know you're a pretty you know pretty normal guy, chill guy, you know, nice. Cool, cool to be around, you know, normal, normal dude, you know, you're not, you're not like a dick, but yeah, then to have absolutely. all this going on, 
is like it's it's just it's like I hope I hope you know maybe you explaining this to people bring some attention to what you got going on and we can yeah, try to do what we can to help whatever research or whatever or just the attention period to get over there and help y'all out definitely um so 2017 it was May 9th uh, it's a day I'll never forget um I was going through the typical aches and pains mind you I've also had back surgery as well but this was way 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 back after the first set of five five chest surgeries that I already had five so I'm just minding my own business mind you I'm hurting again I'm not thinking anything of it I'm just thinking okay I'm hurting. I can lay down, relax, sleep. You know, I'll be fine. That day that it, that everything happened and it took place, I drove to the store. I came back. I was able to park my car. Got out of the car. Get ready to start walking towards the house. I want to say I was about 15 to 20 steps away from my door. And then I collapsed. Fully awakened, but collapsed. So that day, me, my parents, and my family, who was all there, because I literally, while all of this was going on, and I'm sitting outside, I called for help a good few times. Nobody heard it. I was weak, so nobody could hear anything like that. I literally, thankfully, I had my phone on me in my pocket. I had to pick up my phone, call my mother, who was in the house, and be like, hey, come outside and come pick me up. I cannot get up on my own. She's thinking I'm playing with her. You know, she's, oh, stop playing with me. I'm like, yo, I know. Come outside. So they literally, her, my my dad, and my next door neighbor had to literally carry me into the house. Three of them? Yeah, three. Wow. Just um, to take me upstairs to my bedroom. And we were like, okay, you're going to the hospital. You know, we're not, we're not taking no chances. Let's go see what's going on. So before they discovered what what actually happened and what happened, you know, what everything that was going on, I had to have what's called a spinal tap done to uh-huh. test the, to test the nerves and uh, see what's going on. Yeah. Um, I want to say a day later they discovered I got diagnosed with it, which is Guillain-Barre syndrome, or in English terms, French polio. Mm-hmm. If you know, if you know, if y'all know what polio is, of course, way back, way back when, polio was something way back when that crippled hundreds of people, mm-hmm. left them with canes, some some being paralyzed, some not even being able to walk or to function again. Mm-hmm. This version that I got caught with was the same thing, just that much more aggressive. Now. Um, so in essence, like almost, almost like a mutation of what the polio disease was changed. In a, in a sense, yeah. So here's how it got started, and how it normally normally does start. It goes from the bottom up, so it starts at the feet. Mm-hmm. The, I would say, in my case or many other stages, there's a lot of different stages to where this can progress. It depends on where you catch it. So for me, this is where I caught it at. The first stage, I had the, the feeling of pins and needles in my hands and feet, arms everywhere. Then I, then I caught the tingling sensation. 
and then the numbness right after that. If you don't catch it past, if you don't catch it past those three and in the hospital, then you'll get to a number four where I was at. And that's the collapse stage, being paralyzed. Keep in mind, I was down in the hospital for 15 days. Yeah. 15 days. I went, I went home on the 24th. I didn't fully recover from all of that up until I want to say six to eight months down the line. And even then, I was still scarred. There's no, there's no cure for it. There's nothing you can really do about that. If you get diagnosed with it, it is what it is. There's no cure for it. Do you still get some of the symptoms? Do you still feel like the needles and stuff like that? The pins and needles, it comes and goes more or less right now. My biggest battle right now with this is the constant pain that I have. I could be sitting, like me and you, I could be, we sitting here having a conversation currently. I'm not doing anything, but I'm hurting. Uh, what, do we, could, what, what do they say to try to, to try to help that? There's a couple of ways you can go about trying to help it. But again, keep in mind, this is, this is something that you can't really cure. So the only real way that you would go and be able to try and help this is one of two ways. You can either be given steroids or a complete blood transfusion. Oof. They gave me the steroid, the steroid treatment, which was fine because I had to, you know, I didn't want to go through the other way. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they gave me a medication called IVIG through an IV line over the course of five days. So for basically, I had to have the medication dose every twenty four every twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. But because of the, but because of the medication and what it did, I had to be put it placed in ICU because the medication can affect the breathing. Oh. Ironically, ironically enough, though, GBS can also do the very same thing if not. Huh. So so either way, I was already tossing hands and doing what doing what I had to do to try and fight this off as far as my breathing in general. Luckily for me. When it came to the GBS before they caught it, I didn't have to worry about the breathing issue. I was able to breathe fine on my own. However, they did go and give me, you know, the air to help me breathe just in case, all that other fun stuff. But that right there in itself alone was a whole fight versus me being having to re- be retaught how to walk twice. Once with the back surgery, once with this. As far as the what they what they could have did, hey, there's I don't know. Again, every everybody's case is different. Some say they made all the way heal. If they do, hey, amen to that. You know, you 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 got off. It is what it is. You suffered, you know. But at the end of the day, the fact is. When it comes to everybody, knowing how it affects each one person, yeah, you you survived it, but you're never truly healed because the nerves are permanently damaged. And this is me currently. My nerves are permanently damaged. They're done. They're completely fried. Well, no matter what, even, dude, even if, you know, even if there was no scars or no anything, bro, just to go through it is enough. You know what I mean? And some people don't understand the the way of just experimental trauma. Like you're going through this experience and you're having to make decisions and shit. And, you know, just 
just doing it, that is enough, bro. And and I really like I really really gotta salute you, bro, because listening to it is like like I deal enough with worrying about <laughs> about my son. Right, and right, so, right. To think like as to think myself, you know, I never sit and think of like, damn, what if I was going through something like that? Like the people around me or just me myself, like how would I deal, bro? And you never you've never came off you never really story. know what, what you never really know what happened what what happens or what you would miss until you can't go about using that anymore and that it was the, it's the same thing you know what i mean you never know what will happen unless it actually happens to you yeah the the crazy part in all of it though it's let's say the odds of getting this per se the, I would say let's say one in one in twenty thousand to two hundred. So it's very rare. Two hundred, holy smokes, yeah. man, yeah. man, 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 dude. So if you were, if so, if let's say you had magic powers, right, and could do one thing for the world, what would it be? being who you are and, and all these things that you've experienced just to, just continuing to give the hope that they, whoever it is that have, that's gone through what my condition and the condition that we all share together just to continue to give them the hope that hey you're not alone you're, we're here you're, you're not alone in this we're, we're going to move through this one way or another oh yeah bro that's the only. That's the only honest, real superpower that I can have, or that I would give, because going through something like this, this heavy, having to try and deal with this every day, is a whole is a whole another battle. And I'm not talking Trump related or anything like that. Just being able to go about functioning on a daily basis is a struggle when it comes to having when it comes to having this. See, dude, and that was one of the reasons you, like somebody exactly just like you, was one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast, dude. Like, we get so caught up in dancing and battling and everything, which is so fun. Like, I, yeah, I genuine fun doing right. and being a part of that and wanting to be right. better and all this shit, you know. But right. you know, when I step off that dance floor, you know, and like. You know, if we're away from the session, especially like, dude, let's talk about right. something else. You know, like, right. like you know, we own clothing businesses, and some of us are parents. Some of us are yeah. dealing with life ailments and fucking, yeah. you know, some some deep wounds. You know, and yeah. and yeah. so for you to be able to wounds come up here and be able to heal. Yeah, bro. Like this, you know. So next time when someone watches you dance and you're out there getting buck, like maybe now when they watch you, they could be like, oh shit, I I can see what he's really doing now like you know what i mean like they people say they see you but it's like but do you see yeah. me like do you see do you see me like you know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. i've always i've always thought that about you like you know what i mean i was like damn he's a really like what you see is what you get type person you know what i mean yeah. i've never seen you act you know we've seen people act snide and i've never right. I've never i've never seen that from you i've never felt that off of you you've always been a, you've been a really fucking stand up dude stand up guy bro I appreciate it, man. You know, I I try to I try and keep my nose clean as best as I can to try and stay away from all the drama, all the naysayers, and everything like that. Because I got a, I got enough on my plate that I have to deal with as it is. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. everybody. Else does. And ironically, and 
it's ironic because like I, like I mentioned, when I first came back into the dance and when I first got introduced to it way back when in my, in my original fam that I had, which is, which is now mine that I have, that I'm running now. You know what I mean? Like, that's why my name is so personal because mm-hmm. of what I went through. Tragic. Exactly. My main man. That's where the name comes from. My main man. That's a, that bug. That's so dope. That's a dope name to have. I always thought that name was just a dope name, but then to hear it too, that is, it's really tight. That's a, there's, that's a, a, there's a big story about the big story behind it. Mm-hmm. So before we sign off, dude, what is what is something that you want to check off to with the with the people who is going to listen and everyone is going to end up watching? Um, before you do that, though, again, I want to say thank you for coming on. I think you are one of the most sincere people I've met in Crump and in life, honestly. So thank you for coming on, bro, and sharing your story. And, and I really do hope to have you on again. Oh, most definitely. I would love to be on again. It was a pleasure me actually coming on and wanting to do this. You know what I'm saying? Not, not only to support you, you know what I'm saying? Because I rock with you, I rock with you heavy. You know what I'm saying? But also to, like I mentioned, to those who share my condition and know what it is that I'm going through and that what we're going through. You know, like I mentioned, if I could have one, that one superpower, is that to be that hope, that beacon of light for others who look, who know and look at me, not only for help on a regular level but as somebody who they look up to as to keep going don't stop don't let nothing stop you or hold you back as many times of things that I went through and that they tried to hold me back every single time I got knocked down I got right back up again Mm. that's the the only thing I can honestly say and and I can try and give to not only myself but to those who are out there watching this no matter what it is that you go through, don't do don't do this for me because I'm asking. Do it for you. Two words: keep fighting. Yo, for everybody who's going to be watching or who is watching this live, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, everyone who's going to watch, this is Cameron Taylor, my man, tragic, proven maniacs, all that DC. Thank you guys for watching, my man. Thank you for being a part. Until next thank time. You. Guys.